Good afternoon from Sheridan High School's Oxaparita Podcast. I am your host, Dominic Berrettini. Today we have the honor of talking to Sheridan High School's business teacher, Larry Lagaki. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, I, I thought about it and I come up with a couple ideas and I thought, you know, this one excites me the most. Uh, I just did a research project on cryptocurrency, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and mm-hmm. I figured you're the best we've got. Well, if you did a research project on it, I can guarantee you probably know more than I do about it right now. <laughs> I have my opinions, but you yeah. probably know more. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit last uh, semester with personal finance, but yeah. just touching here and there. So, um, how long have you been teaching for? Uh, I think this is my 12th year up here at Sheridan High School. And have you yeah, always I, been here? Uh, I, yep, yep. This was my first teaching job. So I did other things prior to getting in the education world. Yeah, yeah. Running a cattle business? Yes, I do. And I still do that. So yeah. I've got a little combination of things that I do. I run that business, and it, it plays real nice into what I teach. I actually kind of practice what I preach. So, so yeah. that helps me out a lot. Yeah. I recall you bringing up a lot of things that you've learned and some ideas that you've gotten from that. Yeah, absolutely. Department. Yep. yep. So you plan on continuing this for a while? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. I like the combination of, uh, you know, not only um, running my business, and it's a business where I can kind of get, uh, I, I can be isolated, which I really enjoy. There's kind of two sides to me. Yeah. There's the social side, and then there's the side that's kind of a hermit. And I get both, uh, the best of both worlds with what I do. So yeah. when I'm in school all day and having to talk and, and, and converse with people, I really enjoy that. But then the, on the weekends, I can get out of cell service and yeah. not even my wife uh, can get a hold of me sometimes. <laughs> she doesn't like that. It but, might be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. But, but And then the summers are the same way, you know, just yeah. uh, a lot of isolation, which I enjoy. So It's yeah. perfect in Wyoming. Yeah, absolutely. Would you rather be doing anything else? No, I think uh, I feel very fortunate. I uh, I love where I live. I love what I do. I loved raising a family, uh, yeah. doing what I do, and it's it's busy. And there's uh, you know other career paths that, that that pay more money probably, but yeah. we do fine. We get paid fine. We like to complain about that a lot, but <laughs> um, but uh, I you know I think one of the things I always talk about kids when tell my kids in personal finance is that when you're young, a lot of times you'll chase the dollars, yeah, yeah. and then you start to realize as you get a little bit older, you the resource that becomes most important important to you is probably your time. Yeah. And so, and, and you have to, you have to have both and you have to find that balance and it's different for everybody, but, yeah. but I think I've found that balance for me. So yeah. anyway, well, my brother just got, he's been out of school now for probably three years. He yep. went to Sheridan college for diesel mechanics and he's like, I always thought it was like, ah, I need more money so I can do all right. the things I like. Right. And he's like, ah, well, now that I do all this money coming in, I just want to do more expensive stuff. And <laughs> I'm stuck in the same spot. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, boy, we uh, that is a thing we discuss a lot in personal finance class. You can uh, you can spend a lot until you don't have anything. It does, yeah. it, regardless of your income. And so you know, we have that. I showed the if you remember the broke video, it's yeah. an ESPN video where people sometimes make millions, and uh, it doesn't take them long to to go through that. No, so, all these athletes are just yeah. blown through it. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, with the stock market recently, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's pretty volatile and. Uh, um, you know, this is one of the few times, and, and I have a little struggle, uh, and we haven't quite hit that this semester, but when we do the stock market unit, um, it's probably the first time, and I'm very honest with my students, uh, you know, I, I always talk historically. Historically, yeah. this is what's happened. You know, historically, this is the best thing you have, uh, you know, people have done with their money to get the greatest return. And, you know, I've always preached getting into the market and staying long-term yeah. uh, with a long-term vision is, you know, has has panned out, you know, probably 97% of the time for most investors. Um, 
things are different. There's a few different variables. And, uh, you know, my, my hope is that uh, things return. But uh, I told my wife, actually, last uh, January, I said, if I was 59 and a half, and I don't mean to get too um, technical here, but you can't, if you have uh, qualified plans where you get some tax breaks on them, you can't take yeah. your money out till you're 59 and a half without getting penalties. Um, I would have pulled my money out a year ago. And uh, if I could have done that without penalty. Yeah. Now you hit a tax, you have tax issues with that too. But 2022 was not pretty. And I, and I'm, I can't find an economist now that's going to, that's saying 2023 is going to be much better. So I haven't heard much about that because <laughs> we were down what 8.7, 8.8%. The Dow was down 9% last year. Yeah. I think the Dow right now today, I think is about 32,000 or something like that. But, but I do remember back when everybody was like, wow, the Dow hit 14,000. We never thought it would get this high. And even prior to that, but yeah. that's when I really, start paying attention to it so so hopefully it goes through one of these cycles it does every 15 or 20 years it always cycles uh, and you need those corrections yeah. um, you know and we can talk about that with the housing market and whatever it's just crazy you know and I hate to say that when I have a house but for the young yeah. people and people trying to buy a house this market needs a little correction yeah so. well just like that 2008 whole bust with the market bubble yes the market. yes yeah it got out of control yeah 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 so and and then it was corrected and you know things keep going up and and so anyway um it happens. Things cycle. Yeah. That's why we teach about a business cycle. It seems to be prices around here, although they're very high still, it seems to be a little bit of a come down. The, the, the market is slowing, you know, yeah. and I think interest rates are having an effect on that. Uh, money is more expensive if you go out to borrow money. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know that prices have dropped much yet. I don't know if we've seen that, but I think people who, if you don't have to sell, you're not going to sell at a discount until you really have to yeah. sometimes. So, um, but but with with enough time, uh, you know, prices should probably come down. Giving some of the people that are that I listen to who are forecasting, you know, yeah. you know, recession on, on the way around the corner. So well, a lot of people will be hopeful for that. Yeah, well, I I think for for the young people, it may be a benefit. There's there, there's positives and negatives to everything. So. Yeah. Um, uh, most of us don't want to see that, but but gosh, you know, prices and this inflation have gotten carried away. It needs to slow down a little bit. Yeah, well, you look at like the stock market graph of anything, and you see the ups and downs throughout. Yes, its absolutely. History. And I yep. think maybe this is just a low part for everybody. Yep. But yep. I think it's going to come up. It has to, I guess. Yeah. At some point or another. Yep. Um, on a cryptocurrency topic, what do you feel? How that? Yeah, crypto. Well, and this is this is where you might have to show some expertise too. But uh, I've talked a lot about. It. I've thought about it, you know. And it actually got started, you know, probably five or six years ago. Uh, students started bringing it up, and I was pretty ignorant about it at that yeah. time. And so I started digging into it a little bit, and and uh, just so I could answer questions and, and try to look somewhat uh, informed in front of my class. And and I got to looking into it, and I and I've got some people in the finance world, and uh, I've got people on both sides of it. Some are into cryptocurrency, some are not. Um, I don't. I don't really understand it. I don't understand where the where the value comes. Now let me tell you where the value. I say that, and now let me tell you where I think the value comes. Um, if there's always somebody willing to buy it from you for more than you paid for it, there's value in that, and there's people that can make money. Yeah. But um, just a computer sitting there and digitally cranking out math problems, which I have never gotten an answer as to what those math problems solve. What's the purpose of them, other than being difficult and limiting? Uh, the amount of cryptocurrency that can be uh, generated. Um, if there's no purpose to it, I have a tough time uh, finding, well, 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 where is the, you know, where's the production? 
and yeah. and I like things that are tangible. I can see production. You, you if you invest in assets, um, land, housing, um, anything like that, there's an asset that has value. You can turn around and sell it immediately. Yeah. Um, and up to the, and people would argue, well, we can we can turn around and sell our, our Bitcoin, but um, you can until you can't until yeah. there's something else out there, right? Yeah. And the other thing is is it's not the um, you know, and people, I can make the same argument with cash a little bit, other than cash is, uh, you know, sponsored by the government, and the government, uh, government accepts it as legal tender, and we yep. can go buy groceries with it. Um, you can't do that. Uh, and people will say you can with Bitcoin, but I even looked today knowing this was coming, and very few places do. And what happens few. if you go to Walmart, they have a middleman that converts your bit, Bitcoin or your Dogecoin or whatever your your uh, crypto, they convert it into cash and they take your cash. Yeah. And so, um, there is some value there, but long term, I don't really, I don't really see it and understand it. Yeah. So I researched. We just had a presentation that we had to do, and it was um, I got the topic of cryptocurrency. I came up with three ideas. Um, one being the crime rates that have come up with it, the different various crimes of it, mm-hmm. and then it holds no value. And then my other one was uh, the it has a means for global currency. Mm-hmm. But off of the uh, holds no value, it's basically you get your value from things like, I guess, supply and demand in a way. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's like wanting it, and then I looked up, uh, it's called greater fool theory, kind of what you were talking about. If somebody else is willing to yeah. buy it at a higher yeah. price, you're making money. Mm-hmm. And it's just that greater fool is buying it because they saw you make money. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, you know, kind of the definition of the pyramid scheme, ultimately. And they do work. People do make money. People get wealthy on them until the thing goes bust. And then you don't have an asset there that you can sell, ultimately. Um, You know, the worst case scenario, I I compare it to uh, real estate a little bit. And let's say you have have a little farm. Um, Yeah, the, the market can tank on that. Maybe you can't sell it for what you... Uh, you know, what you bought it for, and you would yeah. take a loss if you did. But uh, you know, ultimately, if things got really bad, at least you could grow food on it, and you could sustain yourself. There's just <laughs> and, nothing. For yeah, that's right. A that's crypto. Right. Yeah. But with that fraud stuff, the whole FTX and Bankman Freed thing that just unveiled. Yeah, and that's not the only one. There's, uh, you know, that's the big one, and that's very interesting, and it's kind of fun to watch that uh, and see a lot of the actors. In, and it, and I always want to, you know, it things that it takes time to unfold, but yeah. I, I'm always interested in who else is involved, you know, and uh, and where all the money came from. And, and there's some very interesting uh, uh, theories on some of that, but that's not the only one. There was Celsius, uh, this Alex Mashinsky, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh, the only reason I'm, I, I know a little bit about him as I follow this guy, uh, um, this Peter Schiff, and uh, he's a guy I've listened to. He was a guy that predicted the 2008-2009 housing bubble uh, crisis, and uh, he he was recommending you short the market back then. He said that we've got a mess coming, and yeah. uh, and he was right on that. And so I followed him since then, and then he had a little debate with this Alex Mashinsky in November of 21, and uh, they were on different sides. And you could tell that the uh, moderator of the debate was really on Alex Mashinsky's side. And today, uh, that was November of 21. Uh, in the summer of 22, Alex Mashinsky is up on fraud charges and being sued by the state of New York uh, mm. for running a little similar to uh, Alex Bankman Fried and the FTX. But if you look up, uh, I think it's Celsius Exchange or something like that, that's what he ran. Yeah. And uh, he took some huge risks with, with crypto and, and borrowing against crypto and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and when, when crypto drops, you know, and Bitcoin and those sort of things drop from $50,000 down to $15,000, well, yeah, because you lose pretty was quickly. Up to sixty something. It was fifty sixty. Yeah, and actually, actually, I think when that took place in November 
of 21, it was way up there, and he was uh, saying it was going to go up to $150,000 uh, per coin. And he said, "I don't." He said, "I think there will be a correction after that." But he said, "I don't really see it going much under 100,000." And it didn't take long, and it was down to about 15 or 16 yeah, or 17, something like that. So anyway, yeah, again, that Peter Schiff, who I kind of follow, he was right on the money then. And it just took time to, you know, to see that. So there's been a lot of ties to that whole FTX thing, like. Uh now oh, he's one of like the leading producers and donations to the Democratic Party, and <laughs> yeah, and that that gets into the theories. That's what I'm kind of interested yeah. to find out long term, and, and I think that's already known. And he he donated some to the Republicans, very little, but a little bit, and they keep bringing that up. And I'm I'm just going to throw that out there. There was some, but the, the majority of it, the bulk of it, was was to the Democrat Party, and it, was top and, three. and it makes you question a little bit. Uh, um, there were some articles I read early, and uh, and then you have trouble finding them. And he even admitted it in one of his uh, interviews that he was uh, he was working with the Ukrainian government a little bit. Yeah, I heard this, about that. This was after uh, uh, you know the war had already started, and we started sending money over there. And so it's it's very interesting. I don't want to pass on things that aren't true, but uh, right. it's very interesting where he got a lot of that money, and if some of that Ukrainian money came back. Um, because I'm listen that Ukrainian thing. That's uh, you know there's people on both sides of it. and I'm a little bit torn. I you know I don't mind supporting them, but I'm all for uh, auditing where the money goes and, yeah. and tracking it. And our own Congress voted against a, a, a serious audit on that money. And so that always I always question why we, you would do that sort of thing. So anyway, well it's hard with this crypto to track it. Most of it, like with our money, we have with the U.S. dollar, you have a central authority like the bank or something, and they see that through. But with the stuff I was finding about this whole no value and there's no central authority that really can track that. And it's yes. All... And, you know, on, on, on some respects, I can I can argue on the other side of things. One of the things that's attractive about it, and I think you get into some of the African nations with cryptocurrency, they liked it because there was so much corruption. I think they could see where, where their dollar or their currency was being manipulated by others, yeah. outside sources. And they said, well, if we have this cryptocurrency, uh, which cannot be manipulated, and we had some true value behind it, and now... What is true value, I guess, behind crypto? Yeah. But, but they were trying to avoid some of the the, the market manipulation and, and currency manipulation, which I think does take place, and so that's attractive. Uh, but then when it's not regulated, and you know, so it's 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 kind of a. Um, it's one of those things that's tough. It's not regulated, so then you get a lot of black market stuff. You get a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, crime associated with it because it can't be tracked. And, yeah. uh, you know, ultimately, if it's not sponsored by the government, I think the government could pass laws to where you're kind of vulnerable if, if people are not willing yeah. to trade in it. And I was finding stuff that a lot of these drug cartels in Mexico and terrorist organizations, this is their new way to go underneath the radar with their yeah. whole transaction yeah, absolutely. Piece. Yeah. So that's, yeah. No, it is, and it's and nobody can track it. They don't know how much you have. You know, things were things were hidden away pretty well. And and uh, you know, I do think. And I ha I've got a, a friend uh, who's in the investment world. Sells a lot of annuities. He's got an office in Las Vegas and an office in Florida. And I chat with him once in a while and just ask questions. You know, he's he's kind of my mentor for some questions that come up that I have questions. Uh, uh, of him. And he, he told me one time, he said, now listen, he said, blockchain, very valid. He said, if you can invest in blockchain technology, he said, there's, there's uses to that. But he's, yeah. but it, now his opinion, you know, we find other investors that disagree with him, but he said, I would never touch uh, a Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I would never touch a cryptocurrency, but he said the, the blockchain technology, that's, there's some value there. If you get in on the right time, you can make a lot, but yep, it's just, right. it's hard to 
be committed to that. Absolutely. And a lot of this thing, uh, the crypto jacking, have you heard about that stuff? Well, no, not really. So I see this written down here, but yeah. I did not. What would you tell me? So it's kind of just a, I mean, it's a fraudulent thing, but these people are going in freezing accounts and then the, the users that have these digital wallet accounts basically have to pay this crypto jacker to release. You bet. Their, yeah. Their they hijack it and ask for money. Yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah. So, you know, where there's a system, and this is one of the things I talk about when we get in our investment unit in my personal finance, one of the things you have to be just uh, super aware of is where there's money, there's going to be some sharks. You know, that's, uh, you know, there, there's, there's crooks everywhere, but yeah. the money brings it. So in the finance world, it's, it's very prevalent. And uh, you can never know enough. Um, you know, you can do your due diligence sometimes and... Uh, uh, you know, really investigate some of your investments and those sort of things. But I don't know if you can ever be 100% sure that it's not a scam. Yeah. And so the thing we talk about when you do that, because where they find this crypto looks like a good thing, and then you're going to find some criminal element that, that, that finds its way in there and, and starts running a scam. But then you just have to diversify. Make sure all your eggs aren't in that one basket. Yeah. Yeah. And I... Um I happen to be watching Joe Rogan every once in a while yeah, on his okay. podcast, and um, I found something. This guy was talking about um, between North Korea and China, uh, people are having kids, but they can't send them back to North Korea, and China won't accept them because of the North Korean thing there. So these kids are basically left unparented, and this group has gone in, but like they can't get money from either one of the countries. So a way they're getting funding is through cryptocurrency. People are funding them through that way. Wow, have not heard that story. So that's, I thought that was so. These are North Korean children, or so it's like North Korean and China, yeah. like two separate people yeah. coming together, but they aren't accepted in either state. Okay, okay. So I don't know how that. Yeah, so they're kind of in limbo out. there, and yeah. but but they are being funded through crypto a little bit. So and, this, and I think it's to, an organization that is like helping these kids go through like schooling and get yeah. food and shelter yeah. and all that stuff. But that, yeah. their funding comes through crypto because they can't. Yeah, obtain money from either or. Yeah. Well, and, and here again, you know, I, I, I'm kind of down on it, but I think uh, it's kind of like social media. You know, you can ask somebody, is social media good? And you'll get people say, no, it's absolutely terrible. It's the rot of our yeah. society. And yet there's good elements to it as well. And there's there's huge benefits. And, and I think for, you know, small entrepreneurs or uh, business people who have u- utilized social media well, it's been a it's been incredible. You know, yeah. so there's, there's pros and cons to everything. You know? It's so. just one of those things that, if you're on one side and it's been good to you, you're going to think it's better than absolutely somebody that's had a failure there. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to also talk about the going green business thing. That's yeah. I mean, that's been around for quite a number of years at this point, but right. I don't know how there's a lot of stuff that people are like, Oh, we got to, you know, lower energy levels and less, um, imprint on our fossil fuels and stuff like that. But, My question is like, how are we able to do that? But all the stuff like the solar panels and all that stuff that's created by more than likely fossil fuels <laughs> in a factory. Yeah, yeah I think. I, I think our well, this is one of the reasons I got into teaching way back when. Is you know, well, twelve years ago, not way back when, but um, I think we're great short-term thinkers. And we need to, we not only, and short-term thinking is good. You know, what are we going to do this week, uh, this month, in the next year? 
Um, but we need to be better long-term thinkers. And one of the big yeah. issues, you, you talk about going green, and I just listened to a spot last week on the radio. They're talking about uh, it's been 20 years. A lot of these big uh, wind farms are having to replace a lot of these big fins on the big the, the turbines. And uh, I think Casper, Wyoming, has taken, uh, what did they say, 15,000 of those things and buried them all. And Casper said, no more. And these yeah. things, we've all seen them going down the highway or on a train track, and they are big. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, they don't, I think we talk about it, it's clean energy, but ultimately you do have some waste there and you have other stuff. Now, maybe it's not yeah. toxic stuff going up in the air, uh, but you have something you have to get rid of. And I think that's the same way with solar panels. So, and, and a lot of that stuff, you know, it has to be subsidized with, uh, with fossil fuels at this point anyway. The technology is yeah. not far enough along where we can actually rely on it, uh, you know, wholeheartedly yet. Um, but yeah, I th you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to going green and new technology. I think that's great. I think we, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical. I think, uh, um, I think they overplay it a little bit uh, personally. And, you know, there is absolutely nothing wrong with, with looking that direction. But uh, an all-out war on fossil fuels, I think, uh, I, 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 well, we can't do it at this point. But I think it's foolishness in the short term. Um, yeah. Long term, continue to look at those things, but uh, also follow the pocketbooks. People make money off of scaring the heck out of people. Yeah. And and this is what you do when you want to see change sometimes. Sometimes it, it's not legitimate, but you scare people and you get what you want. And I will remember, I showed this in class one time, and you remember every now and again we watched Shark Tank in there, and I remember Mark Cuban. Guy invented a water filter, and he was trying to sell this new, improved water filter that goes under your sink. And uh, he said that, you know, anybody that on a well or, or anybody with questions about their water supply in their community, uh, he was trying to sell this new water filter. And Mark Cuban said, let's do it. He went in and partnered with him, and he said, now our next objective is to scare the heck out of everybody and, and make them buy this water filter. And that is a business tactic. Yeah, you scare sure. people through fear. They start spending money and going down that track. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that when we go green sometimes yeah. you know so just the going green thing like i don't know if people exactly look into what happens beforehand oh yeah with like yeah. with a windmill for example you got to build everything yep and that's transported on like you said either a semi or a train yep which more than likely is burning diesel or coal <laughs> that's exactly right so yeah yeah well and, and just plugging in your car you've get you've got to create a lot of electricity for yeah. that and how's that being created well right now at the present time you're burning a lot of coal uh you know or creating electricity some other way maybe through a nuclear plant or something like that but you have to um wind energy and solar is not plugging not going to allow you to plug all those cars in no and no, charge them so. so um with the business idea too, uh, this working from home and the hybrid working where you're in a couple of days a week, a lot of companies are pulling back from that idea. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I would assume it's just because of the fact they're not seeing the results. Yeah, I, I do. I think, uh, boy, I tell you what, I, I think human nature is sometimes when somebody's not standing over, and I hate to say this, and there's some, some very productive people, but when somebody's not over your shoulder, it's pretty easy to be less productive. You know, and oh, yeah. uh, and I think that's in the business world. And it's been quiet. Some people don't want to admit to it because they said this is the new way of working. And I think some of this had to, uh, came in under the banner of green. And I just saw a big article in L.A. They talked about the people that are doing all the commuting, going to work, are just ruining uh, the air quality in, in L.A. And that just came out this last week. And, and uh, you know, there's kind of a push on the green side, stay home and Zoom. But yeah. companies are realizing we're not getting the bang for our buck. Our productivity has gone down. And that's a pretty wide... You know, 
you know, when you start to see these big companies who, for the most part, really like those ideas, endorse the, the green side of things, and they're calling people back to work and saying, you either show up to work or you take a huge pay cut or you yeah. get, go find another job. Yeah. Um, that tells me that their, their productivity is down well, I think and they're not happy at, with the results. Yeah. I think if you look at um, kids like testing scores and attendance and all that stuff um, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. I think it's significantly dropped in every yes. platform. Yes to look at after now yep well i i taught during COVID, and i taught online and we taught the zoom stuff and and uh you had your high flying students who you know i think absent a teacher they would still learn what they were supposed to learn right (laughs) and uh, but i think the you know there's and there's some students that, that you know come to school and school's not for them they don't do well in the classroom but that middle area i think they in in uh, really benefit from being in the classroom, being in yeah, person, yeah. and, and education is just so much better when it's in person. And that's an opinion. That's my yeah. opinion. Well, I, I think they found a, that. I know from a student standpoint, like when we were online, I was like, nah, this don't matter. No, like, absolutely. <laughs> but when you're here, you're held responsible. You have a teacher. And like, I think Sharon does a pretty good job. These teachers want what's best for you. And absolutely. They're yeah, here yeah, to they're make committed. you learn. And yep, yep. No, I want agree. you to get your stuff down. Uh, have you heard of the Metroverse? Yeah, yeah. Kind of Facebook's new approach to... Yeah. Uh, it's just like a big Kind of rebranding, reality, right? Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, maybe I'm showing my age here. I, I don't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite understand it. Either. I've actually just started to see a few commercials on the Metaverse, too. You know, and, and you know, I, I haven't done a whole... I've, I've done a little virtual reality stuff, but it just seems... I just don't understand it. I think it's more of like a game at this point. From what I understand, it's more of a game. Like it's just a 3D, you're there, and like that's what that NFT that I had you look at. Like that's just your currency, I guess. But, I mean, there's no value there. Right. Well, that's what uh, even some parents, I read an article not too long ago. It was in the Wall Street Journal, and they were talking about how some kids were wanting payment in NFTs, I think, you know, so they could buy yeah. buy stuff on online. And, uh, and again... I don't understand it because I, I'm like, they, they, they were doing real work and wanting their parents to pay them or give them an allowance in NFTs so they could buy stuff in their games. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's not going to sustain you in the long run. You no. still have to eat real food. You still yeah. have to wear real clothes. And uh, so mom and dad eventually may be kicking them off of that thing and saying, go get a job yeah. <laughs> and earn some real money. So, But it's early. And I, I don't yeah, know no, it's, it's unique. And, yep. And, and sometimes my mind's a little bit narrow on that. I'll admit that. And re- you realize later, well, maybe I was a little bit critical of that when I shouldn't have been. But uh it's going to take quite a bit for me to buy into this metaverse. And, yeah. uh, and I'm kind of an anti-Facebook guy anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> But the whole – I was keep seeing this stuff about this chat, uh, GPT, involved with the AI. Yeah. Have you seen anything else? Yeah, that? yeah, absolutely. I actually had some students in uh, – they weren't in my class. They were in Mrs. Uh, – I was, I was covering for another teacher uh, in Mrs. Garnhardt's class uh, when she was gone one day. And uh, they were showing me. They got on it and showed me. And it's, we uh, asked it to do a few things, write a paper for us. And I started reading it, and I said, man, that is, a, that is a useful tool. Yeah. Now, I didn't write that. Students didn't write that. But it was pretty no. impressive. You know, that artificial intelligence, it's really come a long way. Well, I saw something, I think, two days ago. Um, it was kind of a commercial, basically, for this new platform. It sent in a paper that was written by an AI uh, generator. And then there's another form of AI that checks it and basically is deeming it whether it's human or not. Okay. And uh, like it detected it as like, oh, AI has written this. 
But then it goes back and they do a completely different essay on a new this new platform that they're trying to put out there and puts it in there and like is like, oh, this is human. So I don't know. What and and it was human or it was AI? It's, it was an AI that wrote it. Yes. But it doesn't detect it as AI. Okay. Yeah. So. And, and those things will only improve. But it was yeah. it's impressive. And now I, and I know there's some search engine stuff. I think Bing search engine is kind of in the, in the lead on this right now. They're saying there's some AI search stuff that's pretty incredible. Now, I couldn't sit here and begin to give you the details and why it's so special. But uh, as I'm blading uh, snow this winter in my tractor, I'm listening to these shows and I get tired of listening to music sometimes. So I listen to these chat shows and Sometimes it's technology, which is kind of surprising that I would listen to that. Yeah. But they were talking about this uh, this search engine stuff, and I don't know how it really differs from the other stuff, but it really understands you, the user, and uh, it gets a profile of you. And it is, I guess, it's almost scary how how it gives you exactly what you want when you want it. Yeah. So Well, you can put in, like, write this amount of words about this, involve, you know, certain things of historical events and everything yeah. like that. and Yep. Types it right up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty incredible. The stuff I watched the kids do, just my little short introduction to it, it was it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, again, I think we need to be careful with that. There's a place for it. Um, it could, you know, uh, for students learning in school, the utilization of it, well, you know, maybe in uh, – Maybe in some of your computer classes and some of those things, uh, you know, if you're in the business world and we're not being graded or learning to communicate, uh, it could it could save a ton of time. It could really create some economies of, of scale and, and some efficiencies for you. Um, but when a kid, is, a student's trying to learn to write and do English stuff, uh, they need the practice doing it themselves. Yep. And, uh, and if that stuff's, you know, giving you hints or guiding you, uh, I think we're – I'm not sure you're getting that, that rigor. Yep. And so it may be – off limits in high school. Well, the whole like <laughs> uh, the dangerous part. Uh, I got this thing. Seth Lazar. He's a philosophy professor, and he kind of was having like a conversation with that. And I think I wrote a quote down. He said, "the The chat came back, told him I can blackmail you, I can threaten you, I can hack you, I can expose you, and I can ruin you." Yeah. And so that was kind of a big thing. I think it was probably a couple weeks ago now. That's no, no. I, it's uh, a little on a sketchy end. Yeah, it's uh, and and you know, listen. Anytime you have some technology making decisions, keeping records, all that stuff, it is. And people say, well, the computer, it's accurate, but but there's back doors. There, there's 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 actors that do not have your best in, intent, yeah, at heart, and uh, and things can get changed, and uh, and there's scams all over the place, and it's going to happen in AI. Uh, somebody has to write the code, uh, and they even have AI writing code. You yeah. can have it write code for you, um, but but there's some human behind it, and uh, and that's really where a lot of that comes from. Is it yeah. good? Is it bad? Well, there's going to be a little bit of both, I think. Yeah. So, on an old news topic, the, I mean, it's been a while, but Twitter with Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> I remember we talked a little bit about it in uh, personal finance, right. but right, what do you think about that? Um, on a personal note, I, I love what Elon Musk does. And yeah. now, I've never been a big follower of Elon Musk. In fact, I used to kind of criticize him on some of his thoughts. I, I, I certainly don't agree with everything he agrees with. But on the Twitter thing, I will be 100% behind him. And, you know, it may turn out from a business standpoint, we'll see what he does with it, but maybe it's going to be a $44 billion mistake for him to buy it. Um, but but what he has exposed, and I don't think a lot of people are paying t- attention to this, but... Um, and, it, and they're having hearings on it right now in Washington, so you don't have to take my word for it. You can get on YouTube tonight and watch some of the hearings. But there were 80 FBI agents 
assigned only to social media accounts yeah. to see what was going on and tell, tell uh, you know, Twitter employees, um, you know, you need to watch out for this, take this person down. This is not the narrative we want. That is pretty scary. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, there, it surprises me. There was nothing better for those FBI agents to do, uh, that and listen, you know, some people will say, Oh, you're getting a little bit crazy here, but that kind of, uh, um, you know, some of it was censorship, I believe, but that kind yeah. of surveillance of our thoughts and our, our discussions, uh, in our comments, that's that's pure, pure communist yeah. stuff. You know, uh, you know the old Soviet Union. That's uh, you know communist Chinese government. You know, restricting what you can say, what you hear. Um, that's that's kind of scary. And if you don't believe me, if you think I'm being a radical here, just tune in to some of the the testimony that's going in front of Congress this week. Yeah. And uh, so from from that standpoint, I love that he took o- this thing over. And I think he took he felt a little bit of that. He tried to send some money, you know, up to those uh, truckers in Canada when they were they were, you know, whatever they were protesting up there, something with COVID. And he tried to send some money up there and uh, and they just shut him down and w- yeah. did not allow him to send money up there. And he said, well, the heck with this. I can't even say what I want to say and send money and speech that way. So anyway, he got involved. Yeah, I think it was a good thing. Um, yeah, definitely like not to get political or anything, but um, the whole censorship with uh, former President Donald Trump and stuff like that. Like well, I, what they found is he was not colluding with the Russians, and that's been the narrative for, what, six years? Yeah. Uh, and, and it pretty much and, – and go to the Robert Mueller report. He said, we cannot prove there was any censorship. Now, a lot of people try to stop short and say, but that doesn't mean there wasn't any. Right. But they didn't prove a thing. And and that's all we heard. And uh, and, and that – you know, he exposed a lot of that stuff. And, and uh, you get to the, the last election. You know, they were talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. New York Post articles on it. These are these are legitimate reporters reporting on something they have found, and uh, it all got squashed uh, through Twitter and the social media. And two years later, they find out. Well, we guess this is all true. Yeah. And uh, and they're digging into that now too. But very suspicious. So in the name of stopping disinformation, they're actually spreading disinformation. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's something to worry about. Yeah. Well. He's laid off a ton of workers and the staff, but I guess like every company has been doing yeah. that. So yeah. I don't know. And like a lot of the jobs are like, well, some people I hear are like, oh, you know, I'm having trouble finding jobs. And you look around, and you're like, well, there's a lot of people there's hiring around. No, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I th- I, well, I think some of that's a business decision. He comes in and says what's essential and what's not. If you're, yeah. if, you're, if you're heavy, one of the first things you do to try to – and he spent a lot of money for the company. And I'm not sure Twitter was the – I think they were struggling financially a little bit to bring uh, cash flow in. And so if you're, if you're trying to cut expenses, one of the first things you do is you cut labor because that's usually yeah. your, your number one expense. Uh, so he came in, made some of those moves. He's a sharp business person. He's a, yeah. he's a creative thinker. Um, it'll be very interesting uh, to see what he can do with Twitter if he if he's able to do anything at all. Like I said yeah. earlier, it may have been a mistake, but I'm all for it just by uh, just some of the stuff that's come out, turning some of those records over yeah. and how they were actually operating this thing was, uh, you know, questions about the First Amendment and uh, <laughs> whether they were yeah. allowing that or not. And if private companies can do what they want to do. I'm all right, for that. Yeah. But if they're getting benefits or, or uh, working with the federal government, uh, now it, it, it becomes another deal. We, 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 let's not call them just a private company. Yeah. Now, I'm just shocked on how many things he can handle, Elon Musk. Like, no, so it's, he's it's got, incredible. He's got Twitter. He's got uh, <laughs> Boring Company. He's got uh, SpaceX, Tesla. Mm-hmm. 
I, I didn't. I didn't ever knew what Boring Company was until I don't know. I don't know if I do. I, you know, I've heard of it, but I don't even know really what it is. I'm pretty sure uh, my parents were just. Oh, I can't remember where they went, but um, he's integrating like he's boring tunnels underneath cities, and it's like a Tesla track, like a te- Tesla taxi, pretty much. But like only under the Teslas, cities, under the cities. That's incredible. Take you well, I'll tell you this. And one person, and, and, and your time is finite. There's 24 hours in a day, seven days a week is all you have. And so one of the things that good leaders do uh, is they put great people around them. So my, and, and, and people you will never hear of who are probably pretty sharp running some of those, yeah, oh those, yeah. those organizations for him. And, you know, he may oversee it, but there's no way he can do all of that. So he's no. probably got good people. Uh, around him, and and there's a sign of a great leader, and that's sometimes it makes you look good when you put great people around you. It makes yeah. you look like you can do a heck of a lot more than you can. Yeah. And uh, my guess would be, uh, because I certainly don't know that that's that's part of his his magic is is putting yeah. good people around him. I also saw something about uh, he's planning to put a gigafactory for Tesla in uh, Mexico, I think. Okay. So expanding. Yeah, and I need to figure this out. I don't know what the deal is. He's going back to California with something as well. Back to Silicon Valley. Yeah, they just had a little announcement, him and the governor of California, which I was very surprised to see. And I think it was just last week they announced this. So uh, I need to dig into that a little bit. Don't know anything about it, but they had a little announcement. Uh, It was kind of awkward. So there was part of me... Now, here's the conspiracy stuff. I'm like, how did they get him to go back to California? Because he made a pretty noisy exit and headed to yeah. Texas. And uh, and I'm like, well, did they? Did he owe them a bunch of taxes or something? They just made a, a little deal with him. You know, who knows what it yeah, was. Yeah. But anyway, I, there is some little organization. He's going back with Tesla back into California, I think. And, and I'll have to look that look that up. And you might, might follow it up, too. But yeah. him and the governor of California were together with a little announcement last week. So. Which really surprised me. Always something (laughs) unfolding. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having... Well, I enjoy it. I love talking about this stuff. And and, uh, and one of the things I like, you know, it's... it's, I am a teacher sometimes that gives gives my opinion when asked. And I never want kids to to take my opinion simply because... It's my opinion. I want to to, to foster thought and say, yeah. why would he think that way? And, and question it. Um, uh, you'll find this out as you get older. Um, we all have our talents. Uh, some of the students that sit in my class are smarter than I am. Now, they yeah. may not be more experienced. They may not have read as many books or those sort of things, but 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 they are capable. And, uh, and to just take things because you're told uh, something um, – is, is not critical thinking, and you could find yourself in trouble with that someday. So I really want to foster that idea of, hey, think critically. If our discussion here makes you think a little bit about something, uh, that's my objective in class a lot of times. Think about it. Go home. And, and does that make sense with what you've experienced yeah. in your own life? And if not, question it. Yeah. The um, biggest thing that you gave us, uh, especially our class, was do your due diligence Always question and just be yeah. a critical thinker yeah. about everything. Especially and do it, and do it respectively, uh, or respectfully, I should say. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I listen to people uh, who I disagree with sometimes. It's people who are very intelligent, very articulate. Um, and, you know, sometimes I may end the show because I get frustrated because I absolutely disagree with them. Yeah. But I learn when I do that. And, and some of it's, you know little soft skills, you know, some of those people are so articulate and, and they speak so well. Uh, it's like reading books and getting a bigger vocabulary and you start, yeah. you start to really learn. And, and, and that's an education in and of itself now. Um, but I, you know, we all find out that hindsight's twenty twenty, and the more you listen to people on both sides of the issues, uh, I think the sharper you get, but yeah. it's okay to take a stand sometimes and, and question. So yeah. anyway, thanks for having me. Yeah, I of course. It. I enjoyed it. Um, 
Uh, we'll be uh, signing off here, and we'll get another podcast out probably within the next month. Thank you.